Hi, and welcome to this episode of The Roadmap, the podcast covering best practices and trending topics in auto finance. I'm Bianca Chan, Associate Editor of Auto Finance News and your host for this podcast, presented by Auto Finance Excellence. Auto Finance Excellence, through the generous support of Defy Solutions, McGlinchey Stafford, and state national companies, provides members with an unparalleled opportunity to gain professional development and networking resources in this competitive industry. The information we cover today will also provide a taste of what you will experience at our spring event, Auto Finance Accelerate. Produced by Auto Finance News and Royal Media, Auto Finance Accelerate is comprised of three separate events, Auto Finance Sales and Marketing Summit, Auto Finance Innovation Summit, and Auto Finance Risk Summit, and will take place at the Omni San Diego from May 13th to May 16th. Our goal here at The Roadmap is to welcome enlightened and thought-provoking guests from across the auto finance industry to talk out key issues and opportunities, and we have a great guest for this episode for such a talk. Today, we will discuss women in auto finance and best practices for the changing role of marketing. Joining us is Melinda Welsh, Chief Marketing Officer and Head of Consumer Lending at Chase Auto. How are you doing today, Melinda? I'm really good. Thank you for having me. Great. Happy to have you with us. So let's just get right to it. Tell me about your experience as a woman in the auto finance industries. Sure. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, Backing up a little bit, I've always been in marketing communication type roles. I actually started off as a journalist, and I worked in marketing across a number of industries in my career with a consistent focus on transformation, sort of next generation of marketing, and got a lot of experience there. I started in financial services about nine years ago uh, with Chase when I was hired to run a division of our credit card marketing. And I would say from the female aspect, nothing really stood out to me too much in that role. There was a lot of female representation um, at Chase and in credit cards at the time. Um, It really wasn't until I moved into the auto line of business with Chase, which is about four years ago, that I really started to notice and quickly started to notice um, how little representation there were for women in the business. I was really lucky at the time. My, the, the CEO of the, the auto finance business at the time was Tashunda Duckett, who um, was a trailblazer and still is in her own right uh, in financial services. And you know, she was really opening the doors at Chase to bring more women into the industry. But what really stood out to me was when um, I actually was involved with industry-type events and out in the field, um, I would go into meetings and often be the only woman out of 20-plus executive-level people. And I was like, what happened here? Did I just step back in time? Where are all the women? And how could this possibly be good business? Um, and, you know, I really learned a lot and quickly in those first couple months of being on the job. And I, I remember somebody saying to me, wow, you're really tough to stick it out with all of these guys. And my my thinking and my response was, well, if I wasn't in the room, there would be no women in the room. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going anywhere, and, and there's more work to do. And, and, and it really made me determined to stick with it because it was like, this is a huge opportunity for both women who want to come up in this industry, but also for the industry in general to get stronger, to include more representation. So it was, it's been an enlightening uh, few years in working in automotive, that's for sure. 100%. I, I can really relate to the experiences that you're talking about here. How have you seen female representation in the industry change over the years? Yeah, 
I think the biggest change that I've seen, and it's, it's a good, very, very good positive first step, is just an awareness of it. Um, you know, there's been a number of uh, women in automotive type groups that have sprung up, and I really see them starting to have an impact and a following um, that didn't exist before. I've also seen and talked to a lot of dealers who really want to get more women on their staff. It's become a priority for the really successful dealers, and, and that used to be even more traditionally men's male world. So the, the really proactive, forward-thinking dealers want, want women on their staff. I also think I've seen changes in on the manufacturing space where there's more women being represented in advertising. They are starting to think a bit more. I think there's still a little more work to do, but a bit more about the features to even place into the cars that might be more attractive to women and then to market and advertise those features over other things. And I see that that happening more and more. At Chase, um, we're actually building a new car buying product um, and, and, and starting to pilot that which actually has a female design target in mind. Um, we built it using women as our focus groups um, and you know, use them as a test case rather than, than men. Not that we don't want men to use it. I think it will be great for, for anyone. Uh, but, but it really was a, a different focus and putting our money where our mouth is actually in terms of female representation in, in the industry. Um, but I still do think there's, there's a long way to go in certain pockets of the industry. There's a, a quick story. Um, you know, we were out on a, a Silicon Valley sort of tour of all the, the just amazing technology companies that keep popping up around the automotive industry and just really um, great innovation, um, forward thinking, except in one area. <laughs> we met for five days with many, many companies, and I didn't see a woman until the last day in the last meeting. And I was like, you guys are doing amazing work, but you're missing something. And when that woman walked in, I'm like, wow, I'm so glad to see you. Um, you're the first one in a week. Um, so <laughs> I still think there's a lot, a lot of room to go, but I do see, um, I do see changes. And that, you know, feeling of being the only woman in the room at an executive table—that's that's being that is less and less. I really was like reflecting on that. I'd say in the past year, that has happened less. So, so it's changing. Mm-hmm. What sort of different features can we expect to see in Chase Auto's um, female-focused, if you will, marketing strategy? I think first and foremost, women using the products um, from a consumer perspective and also in our marketing and advertising, actually having female representation for things like if we were showing uh representation of a woman talking to a dealer, it doesn't necessarily have to be a man. So you'll definitely notice it in, in the advertising. Um, but I think also we're really focusing on experiences. Mm -hmm. So, you know, less pressure, less haggling, things that women typically feel less comfortable doing. We want to help eliminate some of that friction. Definitely. So what advice do you have for women new to or just joining the auto industry? biggest one is don't be intimidated. Um, you know, I mentioned before that a lot of, let's just take the dealership example, a lot of dealerships would love to hire more women and I hear um, anecdotal stories that post a job and they would love to hire a woman, they get 200 resumes and uh, not a single female applicant. So I think there are actually ways they could probably encourage more women, but that aside, um, you could be the only applicant, and that could give you a really big leg up. 
Mm -hmm. same with the manufacturer, same in the finance industry, I would say that could help distinguish yourself because companies who really embrace diversity of thought are going to want your thinking, so don't shy away to say, wow, that's just, that seems so heavily male, they're not going to want my point of view. Like, don't, don't assume that. Um, I think also just in general, this is a really fun industry to be in, whether you're male or female. You can really, and as a female, you can really sort of be a trailblazer, which I think is, is really fun. We have a, a very um, supportive group of women in this industry across all sorts of verticals within the industry. Um, for example, um, if you follow the hashtag female me- mechanics on um, Instagram, it's one of my favorite ones. Oh, yeah. just, if you want inspiration for women in the industry, they are, they are literally at the ground level. They're amazing, and there's so much support for that, so much support for females who um, our dealers or who own or run and operate dealerships or operate service departments, you'll really see a really nice community of women rallying around around this industry, which is, is a great place to be if you're co- newly coming into the workforce. Mm-hmm. And what are some lessons you've taken from your career and how do you use those today as the chief marketing officer at Chase Auto? Yeah, and I've, I've learned a lot. <laughs> I made lots of mistakes. <laughs> Over the years, and and you know you just it, you take them all as as learning opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know from a, from a pure marketing perspective, um, you know I think you always have to have an element of testing in everything you do in marketing. There is one constant in every campaign I've ever done, which is something has surprised me about <laughs> consumer behavior, about human behavior, about what's going to resonate. Um, and there's actually some interesting sort of artificial intelligence type tools to help predict that a little bit better. But even that's wrong sometimes. Um, so I just, I think putting your ego aside, knowing you're probably not going to be right, but you're going to be close to it, and then mm-hmm. refining and consistently going back, relooking at it. Um, I don't think a campaign or, or a marketing program is ever truly finished mm-hmm. because there's something that we constantly constantly learn and 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 be really open about that you know I tell my team all the time it's just as good a learning to to learn that something doesn't work then we know we're never going to do that again um so so just just be open to the fact that you're not going to know the answers in marketing until you actually try it try it out in the marketplace I think the other thing is related to that is that marketing organizations can't stay that stagnant every year at least, and sometimes it's even sort of mid-year, but every year I look at, you know, how, how, are, how is mar- my marketing organization supporting the business? How is the business changing? How is technology changing? And what do we need to do to change the organization? A lot of times that means moving people into different areas, refocusing priorities. It could mean hiring new talent. I'd rather train, train folks that I have and get them prepared, but it's just it is marketing organization is a living organism and we need to keep changing it and evolving it um you you can't just can't stay still um i think the last thing and and i built a little bit of a brand at chase around this because even though we're part of chase we actually in chase auto have one of the smaller marketing budgets it's just if you think about credit card marketing and other things like that there's like massive budgets to do that kind of thing um, but you don't have to have a lot of money to be really impactful. We've learned this time and time again. Um, we did a recent 
email campaign in a really small scale to try something and just had unbelievably strong results. And it was just because the message was done right, the targeting was done right, we used our own channels, which aren't very expensive, and that had much more of an impact than some incredibly expensive, I don't know, national TV ad or something for, for what we were trying to do for our purposes. So I, I always say, like, your role as a marketer shouldn't be to, 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 to convince people you need more budget. It's to make <laughs> the most of what you have. And then over time, the budget will probably start coming to you anyway if you're really successful. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I, I never want to ask for more money. I just want to use it as, as efficiently as possible, and the organization will really appreciate that. I mean, those are my biggest sort of marketing lessons. I think from like a, a people and leadership perspective, and I'm constantly learning on this one. I think that's something that you never stop learning about. But just always being incredibly positive is just so important from a leadership perspective. Just a quick example. It just mm-hmm. happened last week. We're going through this big product development, and the team is really concerned about a few things and said, we have these four big areas of concern, and we went through them, and they're pretty big areas of concern. I agree with them. And I said, well, at least there's not five. <laughs> so we only have four. We can tackle four of these. You know, it's just it's things like that to, to, to continue to bring the team along, um, I think, is it's sort of my, my natural nature, but, but it's really important, particularly in something like marketing, where everything you do may not work, and, and you need to keep regrouping and retrying new things. Um, I think also just really genuinely having your peers' backs and making sure they have yours. I, of course, as a leader, you, you you need to focus on your employees. You need to manage up. That's just part of part of our business. But if you don't have the support of your peers and they don't support you, you're going to have a terrible time. So <laughs> and I think that's one of the, the relationships that people put sort of last. And it needs to be just on par with the relationships with your employees and your boss. Um, And the last thing, and I try to bring this into everything I do, is to be as human as possible. We all have personal lives. We all have things that that happen to us that help shape what's going on at work. And I just, I try to put myself in my employee's shoes and be as empathetic as I possibly can because that's how I would want to be treated. those are those are my big big lessons. I could go on and on about lessons because I've learned a ton. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I wanted to take this opportunity to segue into sales and marketing, since you will be the fireside yeah. chat at our upcoming auto finance sales and marketing summit. How have you seen the role of marketing in auto finance change over the years? I think the, the biggest change that I'm seeing is that you know marketers have always been accountable for results. You need to show that your marketing is working, but more than ever, we really need to show what the impact to the bottom line is. More and more marketers have P&L responsibilities. Um, I'll, t- I'll talk about mine in a second, but I think that's just that's a different way of thinking about it than just a function that supports a business. We're actually very integrated into businesses now. I've seen some progressive companies start to even change the name chief marketing officer to chief revenue officer, hmm. um, which puts a lot of sort of pressure on a marketer, right? Because you still need to do the branding and the PR and the traditional kind of marketing and also be responsible at a certain level for the revenue coming into the business and how is the company going to continue to make money. And I think that's fantastic. We um, recently at Chase merged marketing with the, our direct lending business, which is 
um, auto loans that go directly to the consumers either through online channels or through our branches versus through the dealership. And the reason we did that was because there started to be so much crossover between marketing and how we were talking to the consumer, it made sense to put it all together. Mm-hmm. And, and there is a, a P&L statement. I mean, there, there, we, we have revenue goals, and it's, part, it's, a, it's one of our businesses that just happens to be integrated with marketing, too. So that's one example. But I've even seen it now um, at a couple of, of banks. Uh, smaller banks where they're they're really moving into that chief revenue officer role across all of the uh, of the marketing functions, which I think is fantastic and and really positive um, for the discipline. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how Chase Auto is kind of integrated direct lending and marketing together, and you know I was just speaking with another auto lender the other day, who was saying that their indirect channels. Um, you know, the marketing mm-hmm. is essentially done for them at the dealership, whereas with direct lending, it's completely, uh, you know, it's almost the responsibility of the lender to get to get the word out there. So it really makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. So what advice do you have for the next generation of marketers and what's expected of them in today's industry? Yeah, well, just playing off what I was talking about before about about the change in responsibilities, mm-hmm. I encourage anyone who, want, who wants to go into marketing or communications in the financial field to take business classes. I didn't do that at all. <laughs> I have my <laughs> master's degree in, in marketing communications, and back then, business wasn't even a requirement to, to get that, even a master's degree. And, and even if it's not today, I just really encourage people take an accounting class. I know a lot of marketers are a little more right-brained um, <laughs> in the creative side, but just but tr- take a business class, understand uh, the accounting basics, understand a profit and loss statement. I've had to do that sort of proactively on my own throughout my career just to get up to speed with it because I've needed it in my marketing world. Um, so I would definitely encourage, like, even a, a, a a business minor or getting your MBA would be helpful too. I, I'd almost rather see that if someone really wants to continue their education versus a mar- marketing uh, degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then related to that, what you can do at your, if you're in the workforce is really understand as a marketer where how your company and your particular business that you support makes money. A lot of people don't understand this in marketing. It's one of the first things I do if I take a new marketing job. I sit down with my finance counterpart and say, can you walk through like how each dollar comes in and out of this business? Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually encourage, we have a marketing offsite next week, and I just asked our CFO, could you please come in and do a refresher of how, how Chase Auto makes money 101 for, for the entire group? Because it really impacts your decision-making as a marketer if you know um, how how the back end of the of the financial side of the business works. I think it's incredibly important. Um, the last thing is, which is also new throughout my career, you know, marketing has always relied on data and analytics. That's part of our part of our discipline. But more and more, um, we are we have to be stewards of people's data. So if that's the case, and we have access to to, to, to customers' data to do marketing, um, we your responsibility as a marketer is to understand what's permissible use, what what legally is permissible use, but also what's right for the customer. What would you want to have happen to your data? And use it really responsibly. It can be used really well, 
you know, to give a customer an offer that's really relevant and very good, you know, that's a good use of data. But it, we also have a great responsibility not, not to abuse it and obviously to, to protect it. And that's, I, I think, all, all relatively new in the past couple of years um, for marketers. Mm-hmm. Those are my, my big things. Right, yeah, and it it's probably become more prevalent today just even with the, the rise of technology in marketing and the, the way you can leverage data that you collect on, on consumers as well. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, that concludes our podcast today, and I want to thank you for joining Melinda Welsh and myself on this episode. Stay tuned to autofinanceexcellence.org for more great podcasts.